Countrywide on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by the Irish Farmers Journal, bringing 379,000 readers the latest farming news and the best of rural Ireland weekly. I don't know about you, but I do this thing when I'm driving through a town where I count the number of toilet signs, vacant sites or pop-up shops because it's a pretty good indicator of how well a town is faring. Is it on the up? or in decline. Ballina and Mayo is one town pushing to defy such easy descriptions, though. There's a new enthusiasm for regenerating their shared spaces, whether through spring cleaning, opening small businesses, or redeveloping the historic military barracks. It is all hands on deck right now. Della Kilroy travelled to Ballina, where District Cahirlock, Mark Duffy, guided her through the streets of his native town. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're walking down uh, O'Reilly Street, which is in Ballina Town Centre. Uh, in Ballina, we're very proud of our four main streets. It's a very vibrant and busy town and plenty of characters, plenty of charming little uh, family-owned shops as well. How you lads? And um, leading into Christmas, we're looking forward to hopefully uh, a busy period. And there's good excitement uh, around town. I'm walking the streets of Ballina with Independent Councillor and the District Cahirlock, Mark Duffy. He's one of a number of locals who helped establish a grassroots clean-up movement here with the hope of regenerating Ballina town and becoming Ireland's greenest town by 2025. I'm, I'm the second youngest of 13 kids, nine boys, four girls. Um, a lot of the family are living abroad in Australia, in the Middle East and in North America. So Ballina is a brilliant place to grow up, very vibrant. I moved back in 2019, I was working in Dublin. I helped uh, along with other volunteers set up a community group. It has had we would say a bit of neglect but instead of complaining about it it's best that we just take it on ourselves and try and work towards a, a regeneration and looking forward to the future positively for Ballina. Where are we walking to now? This this is uh, Tone Street and further up the hill we walk up to Garden Street. Uh, Garden Street had uh, 62 families living on the streets above the shops down the laneways and now there are less than five so it shows that the town is hollowed out but slowly we've seen the tide turned definitely throughout the pandemic where people are returning to Ballina, reconnecting with their roots here. So we're just going to cross the road over to the Ballina Innovation Quarter. So this historically was uh, a military barracks. It was derelict for a number of years. Yeah, it's good, to, it's good to hear some machinery and people at work here helping to regenerate the town. Built in 1742, the redevelopment of the historic military barracks promises to create over 200 jobs within three years, with a digital hub and innovation centre built by next year. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lovely central courtyard which will become a civic space um, and an outdoor performance space. So it's uh, alive with activity here this morning. This is um, an urban regeneration fund. It'll be not only uh, a space for business and for remote working and for tech, but also a celebration of the arts and outdoor performance, which is something that we're very passionate about here in Ballina. In the barracks, we also meet Kevin Loftus, co-founder of the ACT Social Enterprise. The group recently submitted their own plans for the refurbishment of neighbouring sites and the construction of a series of new low-energy buildings. I'm back now about a year and a half. I, I would have studied abroad. I was in Edinburgh and then worked for a few years in China, the last sort of four or five years I was working in the the Netherlands. That's where I would have seen a lot of what we should be building and what we should be designing in terms of best practice uh, for urban spaces. Accelerating change together sort of was nearly a natural evolution of that to to create a, a practice of urban design and architecture that in itself is actually set up as a social enterprise, a socially focused architecture that also tries to bring best environmental practice, create something that we don't really have in Ireland currently. So could this vision 
be brought to towns elsewhere where there might be a dereliction issue? Absolutely. The, the Irish towns in their sort of their fabric are very similar. The, the principles that we're developing in Ballina absolutely could be applied to other towns and that's what we would hope as well, that this actually is something that can inspire others and show how other communities can also improve their situation. So we're just leaving Ballina Innovation Quarter now, just under the shadow of the Joe Biden mural that was uh, erected on. Before uh, he was successful in his election, we're proud of the, our, our, our diaspora and that's what we wanted to celebrate through artwork and that comes to life across the town with different murals. Leaving the barracks, we head back down Tone Street and up to O'Rahilly Street. So we're on O'Rahilly Street, uh, at the bottom of O'Rahilly Street. Like, O'Rahilly Street is like full of different family-owned businesses. Uh, towns like Balna have definitely suffered with the abolition of town councils where local rates were collected locally and spent locally, property tax, parking charges, that's all gone into more central funds. But the opportunity is pronounced. The character of the town is, is the people, and that's what's lovely that on these streets there's so many different local family-owned businesses. So we come in and say hello to Christina here. Well, you? Cup of tea. Cup of tea, please. What do you want, Kev? A few years ago, Christina Ford set up her cafe in a pub that had been vacant for several years. It's a family-run affair with her daughter Billy waitressing and helping with accounts. I'm from Arnery, Bellina. Um, we're sitting here in Cup on Keol, Cup of Music. So if you come in down on yourself, you're definitely going to go out happy. It's full of bright colours, loads of lights. Yeah, and lots cheerful of and the lights uh, going. You've been here three years. What was this before and what have you done with it? It was a bar. It was called The Peacock. But before that, so I was sitting in my living room one day and looking out the window because my mother had gone. She passed away about a year and I used to look after her. So I'm looking out the window and I'm talk, talking to myself, what's life all about? What are you going to do with yourself, Christina? For God's sake, tears coming to throat all clogged up the works, crying to myself. And I said, wouldn't it be lovely if you opened up a little coffee shop and have music in it and people come singing and poetry and have it all lovely like that. Had no money. So I went out that morning, went down to social welfare, asked them could I get on a back to work scheme and Bob's your uncle. Because I'm a singer myself, so when I'm in top form, I bust into song. They think, who's your one? You're not the full shilling. But that's the correct, that's who I am. And there's been a lot of uh, regeneration, innovation here in Ballina over the last few years. What difference has that made to you? Yeah, the town, the town is growing. There's a great clean-up group here in the town. Paddy, you've been involved in the Ballina community clean-up. This has been a huge community effort, I know. Yeah, Paddy O'Hare is the name, and I would be chairman of the Ballina community clean-up group. We would never have done this if it wasn't necessary, so it was necessary and we're doing it. And we do it every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. And then over the years we have got involved in other things like painting, painting derelict buildings around town. We intend to plant 10,000 trees between now and this time next year and it's all about pride. Christina, now yes. I know you mentioned that you can sometimes burst out into song. What are the, the chances of that today? Well, there's always a chance, isn't there? Kevin has the guitar. I'm trying to get it here now. I'm trying to be professional. My mother, she was a tailor. Sing it, Billy. She sold my new blue jeans. But my father 
way down in you Christina Ford and her daughter Billy ending Della's report there for Ballina. Listening to that report is Orla Murphy, architect and co-director of the UCD Centre for Irish Towns, speaking to me this morning coincidentally from another Mayo town, this time Westport. Good morning to you, Orla. Good morning, Philip. Behind every shop window, it occurs to me, listening to Della's report there, there's a story. It's it's somebody's pension plan or it's a failed business. What are the most common stories that you hear and how do we encourage the owners of these premises to change their minds about what they're doing with them? Um, yeah, so the, I suppose the first thing is to understand the um, extent of vacancy within Irish towns and it's, it's not a new story. Um, it's part of a decline that's been happening over the last 40, 50 years. You know, Patrick Shaffrey wrote his book, uh, The Irish Town and Approach to Survival in 1975. So, and it's been caused by different things, including, you know, changes in how we live and how we move around and changes in retail. So this is, it's, it's kind of a systemic and cyclical problem. Um, and in terms of addressing that, there's been uh, a lot of action over the last couple of years. Um, uh, the uh, Town Centre Living Initiative, uh, to, which was started in about 2019, started to look at, at uh, uh, vacancy in six pilot towns and looking at trying to understand the reasons behind it and the actions that could be taken to address it. Um, and that led really to the, the Ireland's uh, Town Centre First policy, which the government launched in February 22. And that's really trying to um, think about, OK, how do we solve this, this problem of, of, of vacancy and dereliction in towns? And it's trying to support to deliver kind of supports and also funding for towns to firstly reimagine what they're for, what their what their future is and what it can be, and to give towns the agency to be able to imagine that for themselves, for their own specific towns. Um, so some of the supports that the, the, the policy provides is uh, that every town will have its own town regeneration officer. Um, towns will, they lead kind of a health check process which it builds on the Heritage Council's uh, collaborative town centre health check model that they've been developing over the last number of years. And that a town teams with the town regeneration officer in each town would create their own vision plan for their towns. Um, so the idea is that it's it's it, it take, builds on the learning of, that people in towns have uh, about their own towns, their best place to understand uh, the challenges and the opportunities uh, for their own specific mm. towns. Best when um, it comes, as you um, suggest, suppose, from, from, from the roots up, from the ground up. But at the same time, I think that there must be big picture policy decisions that government could take to help here. It, it strikes me that yeah. one of the most visible signs of how towns end up getting hollowed out is these very, very convenient, but at the same time not necessarily beneficial uh, warehouse retail parks on the outskirts of every town, as opposed to being placing those shops in the centre of the town. Yes, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the, the kind of main drivers that kicked off the uh, the kind of cyclical change that I, I referred to. So as retail uh, p- p- kind of patterns changed, um, with larger, particularly with larger supermarkets on the edge or out of towns, that led to, uh, you, you know, there's less 
small-scale retail on the streets of towns. Um, but also people started to, to live then on the outside of towns. They became more car dependent. Then they travel into towns in their cars and public spaces tend to be turned over to, to car parks instead of public spaces. So that, that then fed into this cycle of towns not being a desirable place to live. Um, so how do you break that cycle? And I suppose there's, there's, a, there's a couple of really important uh, strategies that, that are needed to break that cycle. So towns firstly need to know what their, their motto is, what makes them special, um, what attracts people to live in them and to work in them and to want to, to be in them. And um, you can see some towns in Ireland are already more successful than others at, at achieving that. But the Town Centre First policy is, is, is aimed at trying to support towns to find that vision um, by including the people of the town in creating that vision and then supporting it through um, d- uh, support for better uh, public spaces, um, support to uh, uh, address vacancy and dereliction and that has come that there's kind of a carrot and stick approach there you know so there's there's actually a lot of funding for um for people who have or want to uh, adaptively reuse existing buildings in towns and um, there's the, uh, the 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 vacant property regeneration grant which is part of the Cree Konaha fund um, there's the SEA grants for deep retrofitting there's the repair and lease scheme so there's there's actually a lot of money because Part of the, the study that looked at what the reasons why long-term vacancy can be so um, intransigent is that there, there is, you know, financing it is, is quite challenging. Um, and it's, it's, while the costs are not necessarily more expensive than building out of town, um, the recoup on your, your capital assets might be less. So it's, it can be difficult to get financing to adaptively reuse buildings. So these funds are aimed at kind of helping with that problem. Okay. But then there's also the stick approach, which is beginning to take hold, which is the, the vacant homes tax. It was just introduced this, this year. In my view, it's too too little. It's self-assessed. It's part of the LPT. But really, I think some kind of stick approach, which which uh, urges people who own properties and have been hanging on to them, uh, or maybe can't reuse them um, for okay. whatever reason, that actually you release you release them for sale if you if you can't uh, if you don't have the uh, the ability to reuse them yourself. But at the very least, it does sound like there is a blueprint emerging here. Thank you very much, Orla Murphy, for talking to us this morning. 